Hey guys, this week's episode is brought to you by The Citizenry. They work with artisans from around the world to bring beautiful handcrafted furniture and decor right to your home. Get $50 off your purchase of $200 or more by going to citizenrypodcast.com slash YHL and using the promo code YHL. That's citizenrypodcast.com slash YHL. I'm John. And I'm Sherry. We like home stuff. We like talking. And we like the occasional game show sound effect. So welcome to Young House Love Has a Podcast, where we have deep and not-so-deep conversations about DIY, design, and life at home. Today we're sharing the top seven home features we'd prioritize if we were house hunting or building, plus how I'm balancing holiday decorating and my goal to simplify, and when science says you should put up your Christmas tree. Well, what's new with me this week is my head cold. You're like a cold and flu commercial. Yeah, I'm sure it's just going to like go downhill as the half hour goes on. You guys are in for a treat today. Yes, but you know what? I powered through this cold to get our Christmas decorations up. We are officially decorated for the holidays around here. Yes, and the cool thing I did this year, because I'm still getting questions about like how I minimize Christmas, not minimize it in a sad way, but keep it manageable so there isn't junk on every countertop and tabletop and surface, because you know, that's been something I've been working on all year. So I definitely don't want to bring all the Christmas stuff out of the attic and just feel like all the things I worked really hard to get cleared off and feeling more airy and feeling less cluttered suddenly gets cluttered. Yeah, we actually talked about this at the same time last year about how we were trying to figure out how to keep Christmas from overwhelming our house. So I will put a link in the show notes to that episode, episode 75. So if you want to check that out, you can hear it if you want to. Yeah. And the funny thing is I still got questions, even though we talked about it last year. But the other funny thing is I did different things this year. So I want to tell you guys the update. So last year, I just eliminated some things that felt extraneous. You can listen to it then. I don't want to rehash that. But every year we go to the attic and we just truck everything down. And then once it's down, it feels like it needs to go out because we brought it down. Yeah, I feel like our first step in the process of decorating for Christmas is always unload from the attic to the first floor. So like that was the first thing we did. And like you said, once it was down, it felt only natural then to unbox it all and put it around. But this year, what I did was I used a trick, which was basically like, if I can't remember it or think of it fondly, it doesn't come out. Like, for example, I'd say, oh, I definitely want to get the stockings for the kids. I went upstairs, I looked through the bins, I pulled the stockings out. Instead of bringing the whole bin downstairs and being like, oh, I have 30 feather trees I have to find a spot for. Like, I just seeked, seeked? Sought. Sought sought and found the items I wanted instead of bringing everything down and doing this dance where I was like, can I put it here? Can I put it there? Can I put it everywhere? Yeah, I think almost going back to what Michael was saying about how to keep that cozy minimalism, it meant that you were decorating based on what the surface needed. So like once the mantle looked full, you stopped. You didn't say, but I still have four more things left in my bin, so I'll find a place for them on the mantle. Like, I'll squeeze them in there. Right. And I wouldn't even say the mantle looks full. I think the mantle looks good. <laughs> right. Once it looked good, I didn't keep adding, which was something Michael and said. Like, we think, oh, if we have five pillows and that looks good, what about 10? What about 20? Like, right. we just need to rein ourselves in. And the great thing about this is that you might be thinking, oh my gosh, but half the things are in the attic still, because that is true. About 50% of my items for Christmas came down, and about 50% stayed up. But the great thing about that, that they're not going to waste, is that my plan is to bring them to the beach house because that's a house we're going to spend some time over the holidays at with family. We want it to feel cozy. We're not going to fill every surface. But surprise, I have 50% of my items that I can bring over there for free and decorate it instead of buying all this new stuff. Like I'm not going to the store and adding, adding, adding. 
I'm taking what I'm not using here, I'm getting to use it somewhere else, and it feels wonderfully simplified and minimized because I'm using half the things in both places instead of using all the things in one place. Right, and having to go out and buy a whole new set of Christmas decorations for another house, which is something we've been tempted to do because it is fun to shop for Christmas decorations. I know everyone gets tempted in that Target aisle. Right. I did pick up one thing from Target that I could not resist. I'll put them in the show notes because they're so cute. They're these little like blush pink mercury glass trees and they're lit. So you, they're lit. (laughs) You're so millennial right now. (laughs) Guys, the scene is lit with these trees. So you basically put little batteries in them. You can turn them on. They glow. They like twinkle. They have tiny twinkle lights inside the mercury glass glowing through. They're just beautiful. So I'll link to those. But that was literally all I bought in the entire huge shopping section. Our kids do get an ornament every year. That's the tradition. So we got those too. But I actually felt really good when I was checking out because I think there's that instinct to grab a whole bunch of things and like, this is cute. That's cute. This is shiny. That's pink. And I really was like, these are two things I love. I found a place for them. And then I stopped. I do want to say like, as a disclaimer, we probably will end up buying some things for the beach house because we'll get there and we'll realize, oh, it needs this somewhere. So don't hold us to it, guys. I think we're getting one Christmas tree because we have a bunch of ornaments to decorate it. We have a garland yeah, and we have some lanterns, even some little baby trees that we didn't use here that I'm going to use over there. I think I'm going to do a post of our house decorated for Christmas and the bonus in the post will be the beach house decorated for Christmas if we can get it together. And it doesn't look all dumb because it's all leftovers. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be really cute. So I'll share all that stuff in a blog post in the future. But for anyone asking for the minimizing holiday update, it is this concept of like, bring out what you actually miss and want, not all the things and put it everywhere. Well, and before we leave the topic of holiday decorations, I wanted to share an interesting article that I saw. It was about the controversial topic of how early do you decorate for Christmas? Oh, everyone has opinions about that. Everyone has very strong opinions. And especially like in the blogging world, a lot of people have to do their holiday decorations like super early so that you can have all your content to share before the rest of the world is decorating. So I was very proud of ourselves that once again, we waited until the weekend after Thanksgiving to put ours out. But after reading this article, I realized that maybe we're too scroogey. Oh, is that scroogey? They say it's too late? Well, it doesn't give a specific time, but it says that people who put their decorations up sooner and leave them up longer are happier. Well, that's quite a claim. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Some psychologist, I guess, did a study that said Christmas decorations basically bring back feelings of like childhood nostalgia and excitement. And so anything you can do will bring that sort of warm feeling of your childhood back to you and make you happier. Can't we just all get happy at different times and it's equal happiness? Are you going to argue with science? (laughs) I just am wondering why an earlier point of excitement and happiness changes the volume of excitement and happiness. Well, it just extends the length of happiness and excitement. So it may not make you happier, but you might as well start earlier if it's going to make you happy. That's true. But I I don't know. I also am a fan of the slow rollout. Like I think you burn out when you do everything all at once. And that was another reason I love this attic method of just like seeking what I wanted because I didn't feel like I had to do it all at once and I didn't didn't feel overwhelming. It kind of felt fun. Like, oh, I'll add this today and tomorrow I'll do that. It was... Well, I think it all comes back to the idea that if something brings you joy, lean into that. So if you're someone who really, really gets a lot of joy out of all the Christmas decorations, why not put them up earlier? You could be like my old coworker who started playing Christmas songs after Labor Day. Yeah, she was like famous for that. And people have felt different kind of ways about it. (laughs) There are some strong opinions around the office about it. But this article also mentioned another side effect of decorating the outside of your house. Mm -hmm. Apparently, it makes you seem like a friendlier neighbor. Oh, I completely agree with that. 
I won't get into the whole details of how the study was conducted because I didn't really understand it. It was in science speak. But basically, they were able to gauge that people who are new to a neighborhood, the existing neighbors felt they were more open and more friendly and welcoming if they put out holiday decorations. See, and I would go further and say, I don't think it dings you not to have them. Like anyone who's like, oh my gosh, my mom can't do it anymore. She doesn't want to feel scroogey. Are you saying everyone thinks she's a scrooge? I don't think it dings you if you don't have them. I think it's like extra credit if you do. Because I was walking the bus stop this morning and I saw someone put out like a little Snoopy with big bulbs like the the Charlie Brown Christmas tree big colored bulbs around it. Was it an inflatable? No, no. It was okay. like a little metal Snoopy. It was very cute. It was by his porch and the second I saw that I was like they're so cute. They like Snoopy. Look at that. <laughs> like it totally, it was extra credit but then the house next to them didn't have a Snoopy and I wasn't like they're such Scrooges. You sure you weren't? <laughs> I mean I wasn't. I really liked seeing that Snoopy though. Well my basic point is that if you are looking for signs to back you up to decorate the outside of your house or decorate Earlier, here it is. I will put a link in the show notes if you want to read the article. So that will be at younghouselove.com slash podcast. And I have another holiday I want to talk about. Where are we going with this? I forget. Black Friday. Oh, is that really a holiday? I don't know. It certainly is becoming all-consuming for some. And I think this was one of the first years where I really felt the pull of Black Friday. And not for like maybe the traditional reason of like, oh, let me go like bust into a department store at midnight. (laughs) I will fight for that TV. (laughs) Not the literal door buster visual that we think of. But obviously, there are a lot of deals and discounts around this time of year. And last year, we realized just by coincidence, because we were buying the appliances for the beach house in November, that this is a great time to save if you have big home purchases. And I think like a lot of people, or at least myself, traditionally thought of Black Friday as like the time where you get like things for yourself or you get like gifts for everyone on your holiday list. But like I am never together enough to be able to shop for people for Christmas by Thanksgiving. No. I mean, we know people who do that and they're amazing. We're just not on it. (laughs) We're not on it like that. We're worrying about trying to make the like sweet potato casserole for Thanksgiving. That's where we are. We're in the moment. Yes. And so this year when Black Friday was approaching and we realized that we have lots of things that we need to get for the duplex, we thought this is the time to save some money on some of our big purchases. So if you follow us on Instagram, you saw that we used Black Friday weekend, like actually for the first time in my life, we actually went to the store literally on Black Friday, but it was in the afternoon. It was quiet. Nobody was was there. It was weird. We realized we think it's all moving online. And so that's why the store wasn't crazy. And also it was the afternoon. So maybe it was crazy in the morning, but the same deals were still going on. (laughs) But we bought eight appliances on Black Friday, a fridge, a stove, a washer and dryer for each side of the duplex. So two fridges, two stoves, two washers, two dryers. Exactly. I know we need a dishwasher. We got that from Ikea because we wanted the one that has the cabinet panel front. So that's why that was not in the mix. But eight appliances we bought. And because of the Black Friday deals, we saved over $3,000. It was insane because they were doing like the more you buy, the more you save. And so lucky us, we got to buy eight. And I think their cap was six. They didn't think anyone was buying over six. So we rolled in there and bought eight. It was six (laughs) or more, you get 500 off. And I was like, what about eight? Come on, guys. So each thing had been like, you know, slashed $500 slash $400 times eight plus that $500 off. It wasn't even a rebate, which is so annoying. You know how you have to like do work to get the money back? This was, they just didn't even charge you an extra 500. So it saved us a ton of money. And now we get to have it delivered, I think, in... Is it in January. Yeah. One so. thing was on back order, but that's fine. By the time the floors are done and we install the kitchen, that'll be good timing. Yeah. And that wasn't the only thing we bought. Like, we also got um, the Nest thermostats for each side of the duplex. We needed four of those, and those were each $30 off, so we saved $120 on those. Yeah, and those hardly ever have sales or even accept coupons. Like, they're excluded from deals, so yeah. we were glad to grab those. And I actually left the weekend feeling like we didn't take advantage of it as much as we should have in terms of crossing things off our duplex 
duplex list. Like we already have some rugs and furniture, but we still need more of them. We don't have enough to fill up the six bedrooms across both sides. Right. And two living rooms and two dining rooms. We have some stuff, but not all of it. And I know what you're saying, but I was trying to be the voice of reason, which is actually funny because I'm usually not. But I was saying to John, I don't want to go crazy and buy a bunch of rugs and accessories and furniture, even though the deal is good, because I want to wait to put what we have in the house and then determine what we need next. I think I got a little bit ahead of myself in the beach house. I was so excited. Every time I saw a beachy little lamp or a beachy little picture, I grabbed it. And at the end, there were things that were past their return date. Like I literally held them for 90 days or 30 days or whatever the return date was. And it wasn't that they didn't work. It's that if I had waited, I could have got the exact right thing. Like maybe I wanted a lamp with a little bit more scale or I wanted a picture that was a little bit bigger. Instead of buying things for the area I was going to put them in, I was buying things at random and trying to find a spot for them. Kind of like the holiday decor again. It all goes back to that. Like we're trying to be intentional and put things where they're needed. And you can't put things where they're needed if you don't know what you need because you're just like bringing a whole bunch of stuff into a house and like being like blah and putting it everywhere. (laughs) <laughs> Perfectly described. I mostly just wish we had bought TVs, I think, because we need a TV for each side. And I feel like that would have been a great tech item to save on. I know. Well, we saved on a lot, though. I yeah. mean, cool your jets. We bought a lot of things. I have my new Apple Watch to keep me company, guys. Yeah, John finally got the Apple Watch. You guys might remember what episode was that? I don't know. A long time ago, we asked you what you thought. Everyone basically said they loved it, except for I think one person said not worth the money. <laughs> but I'd say like 99% of the reactions we got were, it will change your life. It makes me so much more active. I use my phone less. Yes, but I don't want to get into this in this episode because I just got it and I haven't really evaluated my use of it yet. So I'll update you guys later. But I didn't spend $500. That's the good news. I only spent like a little over $300. Yes. And he got it with cellular. So when he's on runs, he doesn't have to take his phone and he still could call me if he broke a leg. We're getting too much into this again. Okay. We'll do an update on the Apple Watch later. And if you want to see what we did buy on Black Friday for the duplex, we'll put links to it in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast. I can't say it will be on the same deals that we got them on. Hopefully not, because then I will feel bad about being a big rush on Black Friday to go buy mine. (laughs) Like, why did we go into the store that afternoon? Although there was no mob and no line. Yes. I almost kind of wanted a mob. (laughs) Just for the experience of it once in my life. I know. We've never had the mob. But anyways, right now we wanted to answer a listener question. And this one comes to us by email. Yes. It's from a person named Julie, and she wrote, My husband and I have been considering the possibility of building a house. I was just wondering what your big must-haves would be in a brand new home if you ever were to build one. Sharon and I had a lot of fun with this question because as soon as we read it, we started like chatting about our must-haves and figuring out like what really do we like about our house or don't like about our house or past houses that we would put into a new build if we ever were to build a house. Like to Frankenstein the perfect house. Right. And I also think don't stop listening if you're not building because a lot of these can be things you add to your existing home if you have a fixer-upper or just things you adapt about your current home. Well, or even if you're just house hunting for an existing construction, you know, this might be something you could add to your priority list for things the house that you buy should already have. Right. But I think obviously what we think are must-haves will not be what everyone thinks are must-haves. And it might actually be fun to hear from you guys. Call us and tell us what your must-haves in a house are because I'm interested to hear other ideas and maybe we'll do an update and share other people's good ideas about what they love having in a house. I have to give the number because Sherry can never remember it. I can't. I'm like 1-800-MATTRESS. What is it? (laughs) Don't call that. It's 571-4-YHL-HAP. And you can also leave us a comment on Instagram too. That's another way if you don't want to call, leave a voicemail. Right. So we'll do an update. So tell what you guys love. But these are things that we personally, after living in three homes, renovating a whole bunch more, even doing a new build, we did a show house and we've worked on some spec homes for a local builder. These are things that we think are cool. Number one, running water. 
<laughs> You're so funny. Number two, toilets. Toilets are important. And I think that's it, guys. No. So the first one is something we didn't know how much we loved it till we bought the beach house. Nine foot ceilings downstairs, eight foot ceilings upstairs are the perfect ceiling heights to me and John. Yes, we have always lived in eight-foot ceiling homes here in Richmond, and I've always dreamed about living in a house with taller ceilings. It was actually on our priority list when we were shopping for this house, but we just never found one, and I I settled for eight feet here, I guess. And we can make eight feet feel lofty. We use a lot of common tricks like white curtains hung high, a mirror to bounce light around, even painting the walls a light color, doing crown molding to draw the eye up. We try our best to make rooms feel tall. It is not the end of the world by any means, but having lived in the beach house, we enjoy having the nine foot ceilings. But Sherry and I realize we are glad we don't have them upstairs. At the beach house, downstairs is nine feet, upstairs is eight feet. And it just felt like the perfect combination because downstairs still feels a bit like open and grand and airier. But then upstairs still feels cozy, which is what you want in like a bedroom and sleeping space. Right. And it feels like you're heating and cooling the air your body is in. You know, these like super high ceilings, they could be 14 feet or 18 feet. I have friends who have a lofted living room and they say, we're heating the air 10 feet above our heads. Just the hot air goes up and stays in the lofted area and doesn't come down around the couch so that they're always cold in there in the winter. And I was thinking, you know, nine feet is great because it's only an extra foot. And what it gives me is big light fixtures. Like I can dangle a big, bold light fixture in a way that I can't in an eight-foot ceiling because John would smash into it with his tall head. Actually, someone emailed me and said, what are the perfect heights? So I'm answering your question here. Nine feet downstairs, eight feet upstairs, according to moi and John, which is like not the world. It's just no. what we like. Uh, in a similar vein, one thing we realized we really like about our house is sort of an open lofted stairwell. I know that goes against what Sherry was just saying about like a really tall ceiling, but we've realized having a really open space above our stairs here in Richmond and at the beach house helps the stairwell not feel super cramped. Yes, it makes all the difference. So I'm going to draw you a picture in your brain. Close your eyes, guys, unless you're driving, please don't. And imagine how your stairs slope. You know how your stairs slope on a diagonal? Many staircases have a ceiling that matches that slope. It slopes on a diagonal about eight feet over you. And so it becomes like a diagonal tunnel that you travel in to get upstairs. That's not awful. It's what a lot of people have, especially if they stack the attic stairs above that. You have to have that. You can't loft them because you'd hit the stairs upstairs. Sometimes it is out of necessity, of course. Right. But in this house and in the beach house, it's not that way. There's no stairs above it and it's lofted. And actually in the duplex, it was a tunnel for no reason. Nothing was above it. So when we renovated it, we lofted it just like our house in Richmond and the pink house. And what it means is that instead of feeling like you're in this diagonal eight foot tunnel, you're in this stairway that goes all the way to the ceiling of the second floor. Like it feels very open and not closing in on you. Yeah. Like you're not in an escalator going down to a subway platform. Right. I mean, if you have it that way, it still can be fine. I would paint it white. I would do maybe a pretty molding detail that takes your eye away from that. Like maybe a board and batten going up the stairs or some pretty frames, some gold frames. You know I love a gold frame. So again, these are not the end of the world. I don't want anyone listening to feel like, oh, I have these things in my house and I hate them now. But if you have the option, like you are house hunting or you are building, they might be things to consider. The next one, and this actually speaks fairly specifically to new builds because I feel like a lot of new constructions, and we were guilty of this when we worked on the show house, did just these giant open rooms with the kitchen and living room and breakfast nook with like no separation of wall or ceiling to create designated spaces. And I think what we have learned and wish we had done maybe in that was instead relied on some wide cased openings. So these are just doorways that still keep the areas 
open to one another and keep the sight lines, but they provide some separation of the rooms, which helps the room feel more functional and also makes them easier to decorate. Right. So if you're listening and you're like, what is a cased opening? It's just a doorway and we would recommend a nice big wide one with molding, but not doors. The example I'll give is here in our house. We could have, between our living room and kitchen, just done a completely open space, like a long tunnel. We're talking a lot about tunnels and tubes today. (laughs) But we chose to do a wide cased opening. It's eight feet wide between the two rooms. That's where we have like the built-in bookcases that go around the opening on the living room side. And it provides that separation between the two spaces while not impeding our sight lines or our actual like traffic flow between the two. So I'll put a picture of that in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast if you want to see what we're talking about. The next thing that we've realized we really like in spaces and also really miss when it's not there is natural light. So if you're building your house, I would really, really look at making sure you're maximizing opportunities for windows and also the size of those windows so that you can get the most natural light in your house as possible. Obviously not in like a bathroom or a shower if you need privacy, but in common spaces, kitchens, living rooms, offices, even in foyers, like I've realized I'm really grateful that our door here in Richmond has side lights on it. So there's light that can come through on the side of the doors. And like the door at the beach house has a half light. So it's glass on the top half to let light through. Those things really help the entryway of your house stay light and bright. Yes. And piggybacking off that, the room we spend the most time in by far is our home office here in Richmond. And it has the most windows and the biggest window in our entire house. There's one window that is like five by seven feet flanked by two other windows. It's a bay window. And then we have two additional windows in there. So it's a room with five windows, one of which is giant. It's by far the lightest and brightest. I love that we spend so much time in a room that feels so good to us. And I just am so grateful it's not like the dining room, which we spend much less time in. Like if you were designing, think about the rooms you'll spend the most time in. And I would recommend putting big windows in those. Now, if you're a vampire, I don't recommend many windows. So obviously this is a personal preference, guys. Right. Just have to throw that disclaimer in there. Just like remember, vampires do things differently and that's okay. And that's okay. Next thing is that what we wish we had here and if we had the opportunity to rebuild, we would do is a dedicated mudroom. I don't think it needs to be a huge mudroom like this like grand space with like storage galore, but I do wish we had some sort of dedicated space that was separated from the kitchen where we could put shoes and backpacks and kind of dirty things that we could just contain in there and not let them spill over into the kitchen. Yes, and we'll put a link in the show notes to our solution, which was basically to add floor-to-ceiling cabinets that look like a pantry, but they're really a hidden mudroom. I think we did the absolute best we could, and it totally functions. Like, we love this house. We love this kitchen. But if we were to wave a magic wand, and it was like you could change anything, it might be nice to have a whole room, because even like the sports equipment that I'm anticipating as the children grow, or like other things that will come into our life when we have teenagers, might not be contained by those. So at some point, we might need to figure out something in the garage or some other solution. Well, and I'll be honest, like as much as we have shelves for our shoes in those mudrooms, the shoes don't always end up in there. There's lots of shoes on the floor because it's just convenient. It's not in the way, but it would be nice if those were like behind a wall in a separate mudroom. Yeah, it would be nice. (laughs) But I will say that a lot of people use those mudrooms to put their laundry room in. And I think we have really appreciated having laundry on a second floor. We did a whole episode about this where someone was asking whether they should have laundry on their first floor or their second floor in their 
beach house and we set it in the beach house application we like having it downstairs so that you know dirty towels and stuff can be stopped right there but here in the home we live in full-time we love having it up near the bedrooms because it is so much more convenient up there right we bring like four things down for every load that we do and they might be like washcloths or um dishcloths but otherwise everything stays upstairs so there's way less trekking up and down than if we had the laundry on the first floor and had to bring all of the clothing upstairs yeah so if you are having that debate in your new build we have a strong vote for second floor laundry rooms yeah, actually, one of my best friends here, Teresa, just renovated her kitchen and she had her washer and dryer in her kitchen and she had so much fun putting it upstairs and she's like, I'm a new woman. I actually like laundry. So it can totally make all the difference. I think some people don't care, but for us, I think we really like having it on the second They're floor. They're probably vampires. They're vampires. One thing we wish we had here in this house and we might try to make work when we renovate our bathroom, but I don't think it's going to be possible if you still want that bathtub. Is Do a, I still want the bathtub, audience? Like how I just threw that in there? <laughs> I'm the opposite of a vampire. Whatever it is that needs to be submerged in hot water at all times. Guys, now that we have a hot tub, update on the hot tub. I live in the hot tub. I miss the hot tub when my body's not in it. So yes, I want the bathtub okay. in the... So guys, we're not going to get this thing, which is a water closet, you know, <laughs> where you actually put your toilet in its own separate room so that you can do your business behind a closed door and someone else can come and do other business, like take a shower or put on makeup or wash their hands or brush their teeth or whatever without having to look the person in the <laughs> eye who's on the potty. To like stare into their soul while they're doing their business. The door prevents that. <laughs> exactly. And the funny thing about this is way back in what year did we do the show house? I was pregnant with our son. It so. was 2013, 2014. Okay. We were designing a new build with a local builder and we were sharing the plans online and we said, we're not going to do a water closet. Who needs the door? We want a big open breezy bathroom. And everyone and their mother was like, you are insane. Even the builder was like, no, I'm expected to make water closets now. And we were like, why? Why put a toilet behind a door? Don't you want to look at someone in the eye? <laughs> and then we realized, duh, the way that we live here is actually similar to having a water closet. It is the most annoying layout because half of the bathroom is behind a door and the other half of the bathroom is outside of the door and it separates two sinks, which makes absolutely zero sense. But what in essence happens is that the person on the toilet can be on the toilet with the door shut and someone else can be brushing their teeth. It does not separate the person showering from the toilet and all these other things that a water closet would do, so it's not the full effect. But after living with this for a while, we realized we would like a water closet. We take back everything we said about not needing yeah. a toilet behind a door because I think you know that John's like a function 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 person and the bathroom is more functional when someone can use a part of it and the rest of it can still be used without disturbing the person who needs their privacy I love all the visuals we've probably created <laughs> for people in this last conversation um actually speaking of bathrooms sort of I have a question for the audience I guess about Jack and Jill bathrooms because we don't have one. We've never lived with one. So I can't say whether it would be a nice feature or not. But I know they are so popular in new builds these days. I'm just curious if people like that. Because I feel like with the way that our family has worked, it would be more disruptive to have them share this bathroom and like maybe hear closing doors or flushing toilets in the middle of the night, like waking each other up. Remember how we keep talking about tunnels? To me, a Jack and Jill is like a tunnel between my two children's rooms and they'll just wake each other up all the time. But again, we haven't lived with one. So you might tell me, no, it's amazing. Yeah, it changed it my perfect. life. We'll put a poll in the show notes, actually. Yeah, there if we go. If you have one, don't take the poll if you don't have one. If you have and have lived with one, do you like it or not like it? And I realize this conversation may not make sense if you don't know what a Jack and Jill bathroom is. It's when a bathroom attaches to two different bedrooms and typically it has an area just with a sink and a vanity and then behind it, a room with a toilet and a shower or in a bathtub. But you know, like each kid can walk into this bathroom from their bedroom and you cannot enter this bathroom from the hall. It is only accessible through each child's bedroom and it is basically a tunnel between them. More tunnels. More tunnels. 
So I know there are tons of other things we could recite as must-haves for us if we were building or things that we really like in our home or wish we had in our home, but I think that's a pretty good list for now. And like Sherry said at the beginning, we'd love to hear if you have others, whether you've built our building or you just have feedback from the houses that you've lived in. Again, you can either comment on social media or leave us a voicemail at 571-4-YHL-HAP or alternatively, 1-800-MATTRESS. 1-800-MATTRESS. They're going to be like, why are we getting all these voicemails just, about what people want in their just houses? Just remember, leave the last S off for savings. <laughs> Is it save the last? No, what is the expression? No, leave off the last is for saving. Oh. Okay, we got an impression and singing in this Do you episode. guys know I know every jingle? Come at me with a jingle. Is I that know only it. in New York? You know what else I know? Every weird theme song to like 90s shows we watch. Like I could sing Camp Anawana, we hold you in our hearts, and when we think about you, this thing came apart. I didn't do the fart one. I was going to say, there was a <laughs> fart reference there that was coming up. Think Anawana, want to live, Anawana, want to love, Anawana, want to hike. Anyways, thank you for your question, Julie. You can also use that phone number to leave a voicemail for us if you have a question you want us to answer in a future episode of the podcast. But anyways, before my voice completely dies on us, we're going to get into where digging. I'm digging another thing I snagged on Black Friday. Actually, I just realized that. But first, we're going to take a quick break. I know a lot of you guys are probably on the hunt for unique or meaningful gifts this season. So that's where this week's sponsor, The Citizenry, comes in. So let me tell you about my first impression of The Citizenry. When you go to their website, there's all this beautiful, super curated stuff. Cozy throw blankets, chic little stoneware vases. I'm dying over their lumbar pillows. They've got these awesome, colorful patterns. They're huge, like four feet long. They're what I'd call bed makers because they would take a boring bed to gorgeous in like 1.5 seconds. Well, and everything comes from the places and the people in the world who know their craft the best, like weavers from Mexico, block printers from India, potters from Ireland. So I love that the citizenry is turning to these global craftsmen and women to create stuff that looks like it's like right out of the pages of Domino Magazine. Yeah, that's exactly what I would describe it. Like it really looks like you're reading like a perfectly curated, beautiful decor magazine. And I love that under each item on their site, it says things like handwoven or handmade in this country by this artisan. And you can literally click the link, you guys, to see the pictures and details about the people who make them. Well, and so whether you're snagging something for yourself or for someone on your gift list, you can feel good about your purchase because the citizen meets fair trade standards and invests in the artisan's growth through local community grants. And the Citizenry is giving our listeners $50 off your purchase of $200 or more. To get it, just go to citizenrypodcast.com slash YHL and enter the code YHL. Again, that's citizenrypodcast.com slash YHL with the promo code YHL. Actually, before we get into that word digging this week, we have an important update about something we dug a couple weeks ago. The exciting update is that our furniture line is officially for sale. It should be by the time this hits your ears yes. on Wayfair.com. And we'll link to it in the show notes. We know we talked about designing it to you guys and it coming out. Well, now it's here, allegedly, because at the time of this recording, it is not, but it is coming. And so when you hear this, just go to the show notes. We'll link to it and you guys can see everything there. I am hoping that you like something. If not, we're digging two other things. You can choose from those. Right, exactly. You can just go see the movie we're going to talk about in like, a minute. no pressure at all, guys. Well, the other thing that I bought on Black Friday that I mentioned a moment ago, that is what I'm digging this week, is some smart technology because I found this is a great time to get deals on smart plugs, smart switches, smart light bulbs, all that stuff. And so if you're in this process that I am in of slowly converting your house over to smart tech, it's a great time to sort of just like snag a couple things. And I also like doing it around this time of year because I learned last year that having like smart plugs like on your Christmas trees and your decorations make them a whole lot easier to turn on and off. But I've talked about smart plugs before, so I'm going to 
pivot a little bit and talk about something more specific that I pivot. got. <laughs> we have a pivot sofa. That was we a do. By the way, back to our furniture line. Did you know that we named a sofa pivot just for our own amusement and then we waited to see who noticed? And a lot of you noticed. Well, it's not fun anymore. You just pointed it out. <laughs> okay, back to the smart plugs. So I bought a couple more smart switches and I've had one in the office for a little while that I really liked. I don't think I've ever talked about it on the podcast. And I bought another one this time that is a three-way switch, you know, where there's actually two different switches maybe on either side of a room that all control the same light in the middle. And the thing I like about these smart switches, I'll put the link in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast, but they operate just like normal switches. So you can still press them with your finger when you walk in the room, just like an ordinary switch. But then you can also control them from an app or with your voice through like your Echo device or your Google Home or whatever. So unlike a smart bulb where like you have to leave that fixture on all the time in order for the bulb to work in a smart way. Right. You guys know that you'd have to leave the light switch switched on or the bulb can't work because it's dependent on the switch being on, which doesn't work very well in our house because our kids will turn it off or we'll turn it off and then the smart bulb will not react. It can't do its thing. Right. If you have a lamp with a smart bulb in it, that lamp has to be on all the time. And so a switch allows it to be off and operate in a normal, non-smart way. And I'll say that these switches are pretty straightforward to install if you're comfortable just installing a regular light switch. The app that you can download for free actually has a very helpful step-by-step visual instruction sheet if you're nervous about it at all. I had no problem installing either of them. And so I'll put the link in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast so you can see them. And maybe even this week when this podcast goes up, I'll do like a video on Insta Stories or something so you can see them in action. Yeah, people love John on Insta Stories. I they was going to say, yeah, they love it. Oh, I didn't they know that. It. They especially love when you use um, citrus and oh. make fun of my face routine. Yes. Well, I could do that in this process as well. Well, I was going to say, you didn't really explain what we use them for, but the reason it's nice to have them voice activated is we can say, turn on the light if the dog's freaking out. We used them in one room where our dog likes the light to be on at a certain time of night. Now we don't have to walk upstairs and turn the light on. He out. has to be able to see his food at night, guys. <laughs> he can't see his food in the dark. He's a grandpa dog and he's very cute about it. But we used to have to trek upstairs and turn the light on. Now we can like tell Alexa to turn the light on or yep. use our phones or any number of ways. And the other switch John installed controls the hallway light. And a lot of times when we go up for bed our kids are scared because it's dark and now we can just say like "Ooh, the light's gonna magically go on and we can all go upstairs and it's like just sort of fun whimsical kid magic yeah when it's time to send them to bed i set it so that we have to say her name and then say it's bedtime and it turns the light on up there for them so they don't have to be afraid of the dark hallway right and they can go upstairs and start getting their pjs down and we can come up and tuck them in it's not like we send them off to bed up the stairs alone yeah, and they put the themselves morning. to bed see in the morning kids <laughs> actually what i'm digging this week has to do with our children but listen up if you don't even have kids i want you to go see this anyway because it's a movie that seems like it's for kids it's the wreck it ralph 2 it's called ralph breaks the internet yes i always want to say ralph wrecks the internet but it's breaks the internet and you don't need to have seen the first one to see the second one although the first one's cute too i loved the second one even more than the first one which never happens with a sequel so i'm excited about it but the reason i love it is it has so much funny internet humor that our generation just appreciates like there are jokes about pop-ups and viruses and don't read the comments like there are really funny adult things that go over kids heads but adults are like that's hilarious like there's even even a GeoCities reference for all you like 1990s kids, GeoCities websites, anyone? Anyone? Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> <laughs> pivot, pivot. 
I laughed in the theater. Yeah, there were lots of good things that the grown-ups were like giggling about. So it's one of those great movies, even if you're not a kid, you will appreciate. And I have to say, as a mom who looks for movies where there's a female protagonist and the girls don't need a man to save them, this movie is full of that awesomeness. There is tons of girl power, lots of confident female characters doing awesome things. There's great social commentary, I think, just about like equality. And I just thought it had a really great message. So if you're looking for a movie to take your kids to for the holidays, I just think everyone will like it. It's not like anti-boy. Like my son also loved it. Everybody loved it. I just think it does a really good service in balancing all those things that might seem like people being rescued by the man. And it turns that on its head and I loved it. Thanks for listening to Young House Love Has a Podcast. And I know we mentioned our voicemail line a few times this week. And I wanted to add that even if you don't have a question you want answered, you can also just call with a segment suggestion or topic you'd like to hear more about. So again, that number is 571-4-YHL-HAP. And you know we always love to hear what you guys do while you listen. Like Hey Little J on Instagram, whose power went out for nine whole hours, so she passed the time listening to a bunch of old episodes she had already downloaded on her phone. And don't forget to head over to younghouselove.com slash podcast to see all the photos, links, and info from this episode. Like some of those examples of our favorite home features, including a great before and after I found of the stairs we opened up at the duplex. Yes, never before seen before and after. It's a good one. There's also a sneak peek of some of our holiday decorating, including the little glittery pink trees I'm obsessed with. Later. Bye. Nine feet downstairs, eight feet upstairs, according to moi and John, which is like not the world. It's just what we like. (laughs) Or you could do those like John Malkovich ceilings and be like four feet tall. (laughs) Uh, The next one, and this is... Malkovich, Malkovich. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Is that your impression for the episode? That's my only impression of John Malkovich. It's just saying Malkovich, Malkovich.